Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio for another amazing episode. As always, excited about our guest because this time we have somebody that as I refer to every once in a while, is in the trenches. She is there working hard, real life. She is the Director of Workforce Optimization, Product Management at Aspect. And for those that aren't familiar with Aspect, they are basically a platform that optimizes uh, customer and employee experiences. And they're one of the leading uh, people and companies in the platform. So we have her expertise to draw upon. And we're going to be talking about Everything from what is known as the gig economy and how you're hiring or working with outsiders, how you motivate those agents uh, that work for you, how you how you create a better employee experience. There's a lot that we're going to cover today in the short period of time that we have. So, Chrissy Cowell, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you for having me, Shep. So, lots to talk about. Chrissy, quick little background on yourself. Why don't you give it to us? Sure. Um, my name is Chrissy Kowal. I'm the Director of Product Management for Workforce Optimization at Aspect. I've been with Aspect for about three years, uh, but I've been in the contact center space for about 18 at this point, doing everything from consulting or working on the BPO side of the house in best practices and quality and analytics, and then also some experience working on the software side of the house prior to Aspect uh, within contact for a couple of years as well. So you're really smart is what you're saying. I. Uh, sure. That sounds great, Chef. Okay. <laughs> take the compliment. Take the compliment. Yes, I'll take it. Thank you. All right. So, Chrissy, uh, a, a couple of things. I mean, um, let's start here. How would you describe the gig economy? Because, by the way, and the reason we're getting into this first is because when I asked for talking points, this was the top one. I thought, I love the gig economy. I just wrote an article for Forbes about the gig economy, and people don't understand what it's about and why people – are migrating to it and why it's such a powerful force in the workforce industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it's definitely a good place to start. And it really has so many different meanings. So um, the term gig economy is used to describe the many changing attitudes, the standards, and the preferences in our lives. Um, it goes by many names, as, as I'm sure you heard of. And for example, our society increasingly has expectations of convenience and immediate gratification. And that's the theme in the on-demand economy. So if you want your purchase now delivered to your door, you're, you can order from Amazon Prime. And if you want your food now, you can order from Grubhub or Uber Eats. So, but the gig economy that we're particularly interested in is all about flexible work engagements, and that's also known as the freelance economy. Mm. So now the, the Forbes definition of gig economy as it relates to attitudes about work is the increased tendency for businesses to hire independent contractors and short-term workers and the increased availability of workers for these short-term arrangements. Wow. That, I mean, that sums it up well. And I think the freelance economy is even a better uh, designator of what the gig economy is. Because when I first, the best way I could describe it is, hey, and, and by the way, I come from an entertainment background, so we're always booking gigs. And we're always independent contractors, so it's real obvious to me. But you just said it. If you want your food delivered by Uber Eats, that person driving the car, it's a gig. There's a chance Mm -hmm. that person has another job. This is a part-time. Once in a while, it's a full-time job for these folks. But 
But the gig economy is, hey, I booked another gig. I booked another independent piece of work. So the freelance economy is there. So, and I know with your workforce optimization and as it applies to customer service, how do you get the right people and how do you bring the right people in for for this? Because there's, uh, if you're going to book a freelancer, there's got to be mm-hmm. uh, an up, you know, I guess an onboarding time. You're going to ramp them up. Get them ready. They need to be. They need to fit in with the culture, and be in total alignment with what your brand is about, or else you risk losing to that customer. And ultimately, if that customer has a loud voice, that's uh, bad for reputation and management. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I think there's definitely some pieces that businesses have to consider um, when they move into that on-demand model. Um, you know, and certainly some challenges that they're going to face. So um, things that when we're specifically talking about the contact centers, there, there's certain elements around managing the workforce that become very critical. Um, one is the way that you're understanding real-time adherence and how alarms work um, and, and how in tune you are to your environment uh, because your staff won't be standard in a gig-type model. They're coming and going. And as you said, it's really a part-time type gig. Um, it could be full-time because they're picking up so many gigs, it becomes a full-time life for them. But they're really part-time to you. Um, another piece of it is when you're really looking at the way you're scheduling and forecasting, there's certain elements um, around vacation time and breaks, uh, breaks and sick time and things like that that just become irrelevant. So you have to look at your staffing um, predictions a bit differently and look at different activities because they they start to emerge more in a gig environment like non-vacation absence and and unproductive time um, because they're more relevant in a part-time type freelance environment itself. How how are they more? I would think they'd be, maybe I'm thinking uh, counterintuitive here, but mm -hmm. I, I would think that we're using these gig employees, you know, freelancers to fill in gaps uh, when there's a really busy time and we need to ramp up and have more people. By the way, I know we focus on customer service here, but really any aspect of any business, if you need extra workers of any type, these people are out there looking for gigs. So um, is I would think that we're not worried about the the freelancers' vacation time. We're using the freelancers to fill in vacation time and high, you know, uh, you know what I would call, you know, where there's high, uh, lots of, Calls coming in, just really a high time of volume. Uh, could be around holiday time. Could be around a special sale that we're running. So are we as concerned about the freelancers' vacation time or our own people's? Well, it really depends on the model. So that, that model that you mentioned is certainly one that's, that's relevant. And we, we've actually been working closely with one of our customers on that exact model. They are a seasonal-type business. They have fluctuation in hours. They want to fill the gap of, you know, what the spikes in volume with freelance. So, yes, in that model, the vacation time, the the sick time, the things like that don't necessarily come into play. But there's another model where we're actually working with a few customers where they're 100% contractors. And 100% of their business on the front line, they have very limited permanent employees, um, only in management and organization type roles, but 100% of their contact center staff is pulled from a large pool of independent contractors. So they have agents and contractors bidding and claiming time constantly. They publish it based on um, the needs they have, their BPO specifically. So they, they publish based on what service commitments they have sold from a BPO services perspective. And tell everybody um, what BPO get- means. Business process, um, business process optimization. Mm-hmm. So it's really your um, 
when you're selling your services to other contact centers to do to other to customers to do work your contact center services so um a a business like i don't know at&t may hire a separate independent contact center to actually handle their customer service calls for them versus doing that internally for themselves Mm -hmm. okay so um and but that then goes to the the concern of vacation time and sick time is that really an issue when we're hiring outsiders? Because if they agree to, I guess anybody can be sick, so I'm not going to hit that one because if you're sick, you're sick, and you don't want somebody <laughs> who's not going to be at 100% of themselves. But the vacation time, things like that, all that's the, 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 the freelancer can choose to take or reject. And if you're going to deal with an independent third-party call center, well, isn't that their problem, not mine? Well, they can, they typically for your freelancers, there is no vacation or benefits. And that's one of the benefits that an employer may have by having this model. Um, But when it comes to scheduling and forecasting your staff, typically there are elements that you should account for. And in this gig economy model, you really don't need to focus on anymore because they don't exist. So they don't have paid vacation, um, you know, or unpaid overtime or vacate or other sick time and things like that. They're just picking up blocks of time that work according to their schedule. It's very um, open for them to choose a schedule and choose blocks of time that make sense for them. Yeah, and that makes that makes total sense for the employer because, mm-hmm. you know, one of the reasons uh, this company you mentioned that other than management and other uh, responsibility, leadership-type responsibilities, they freelanced 100%. Now, mm-hmm. is that just the support world, or are they freelancing salespeople? Are they freelancing other areas? Obviously, you can go on and on with who you can freelance with, but I, w- I just wonder mm-hmm. what, what your perspective of that is. They're, they are actually, it's 100% of their contact center staff. And oh, the, so it's all contact service. center. Got it. Yeah, so they, and they service a variety of verticals. So they may be servicing financial type customers or, you know, pure service types things or sales. Um, but it is contact center that they are 100 percent contracted for. OK, so I'm confused. Is this the independent contractor? Is this the person or company seeking the independent contractors? So they are the independent contractor. OK. And they have customers that have come to them seeking their contact center staff. And these customers have no, other than leadership team, they really have freelanced everything out or decided to sub everything out to companies like this. Right. Correct. All right. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about the concept of Upwork, which is one of the big uh, gig economy freelance type websites where you can get anything. Or how about Fiverr? 5rr.com. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but if you aren't, you're going to learn all about it when we come back. We are talking with Chrissy Coel, and this is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening and don't forget to always be amazing. 
You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Chrissy Cole about the gig economy. And some companies are out there outsourcing to um, any types of companies, BPOs, which are the people that you would you know, consider your independent contractors that manage uh, call centers or um, they, 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 it basically they help you if you and it's a wonderful service i've been to numerous trade shows and conferences where i meet some unbelievable companies and i've worked for some of them where they say yeah believe it or not we are the support center for you know this major brand i go you're kidding me and i realize this is a big deal this is what's happening it's been around for a while but i think it's coming up more and more because as we look at uber and and Lyft and other companies that are actually, uh, you know, people who say, you know, I want to work part-time, but how about this? Forget about Uber and Lyft. Let's talk about call centers. I'm great on the phone. I love talking to people. Isn't it a great job if I could be paid to take care of customers' problems because I love making people happy? And that's what this gig economy in the world of customer service and experience is all about. So, Chrissy, I want to ask you, I mentioned as we were, were taking the break, there are two companies. One is called Fiverr, and it's spelled F-I-V-E-R-R, two R's at the end, dot com. And another one is Upwork. And uh, for those that aren't familiar with either one of these companies, Fiverr is a place to go for little small jobs. Oh, I need uh, a little music opening for my video. I want uh, One of the things we did for my book launch is we went on to Fiverr and we found companies that would take my book uh, logo and the cover of the book and put it in, <laughs> insert it into uh, what looks like billboards as you're driving down the road. So I've got all these great images of my book all over the world and, you know, in Times Square and over in France and the Champs-Élysées and, and even underwater with scuba divers. Anyway, these for, for relatively inexpensive, starting at $5, hence 5rrfiver.com, uh, they start. That is the gig economy. But uh, a bigger idea is Upwork, and that is where Upwork, uh, if you've got any type of a marketing project, uh, graphics, design, um, if you're working on a speech and need slides, you go to Upwork, and these people can help you as well. That's the gig economy. That's truly independent contractors, and it's a website where freelancers go to to post what they're available and watch for uh, you know, companies or individuals who are looking for help, they post, this is what I need. And it's amazing to me, Chrissy, because I'll say something like, hey, I need slides for this speech. And I put it out there. And within an hour, I have 25 people that have responded that said they can help me, sending me samples. It's just really amazing. And that's what we're talking about here. That's the gig economy, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's it's that on-demand Instant gratification, people looking to pick up these these gigs as either additional supplemental work or to do something maybe they're passionate about that they don't have an opportunity to do. Um, and, yeah, it's it's very similar in the contact center space, too, um, being able to lend that support but, but work something that's more flexible and offers them a work-life balance. So if I decide I want to do this part-time, let's say, you know what, I'm, I've got – I get home at 5 or 6 o'clock. I need an extra few dollars. Uh, I'm willing to work 10 hours a week for a contact center. How do I go about getting that job? Uh, I mean, right now, it's it's 
more of contacting the contact center and understanding um, if they're allowing for gig workers. It's still something that's emerging in the market itself, although we're seeing more and more, especially with these contact centers that want to have, um, you know, that have seasonal volume or, or high fluctuations in volume that they need to handle. Um, so the, the best thing is to kind of reach out. But I, I envision that this market is really starting, going to start changing and doing something like Upwork where you might be able to go somewhere central and post um, that you're looking to do this or you're looking to be a service agent in the financial support area or whatever your background may be. Um, but and, and that's going to really lead to businesses need to figure out how to manage those employee agents as well as the on-demand agents that they're going to get hit with. All right, so I'm assuming these gig workers are working from the, the you know, comfort of their home. And it uh, doesn't matter where they live. Um, they As long as they've got a phone and they're properly trained, they can do the job. Yes? I, I would say yes. I mean, this is really the gig economy is going to offer them more control over their career and certainly enable more work at home type opportunities. Um, in addition to adding more value to the work life balance that, um, you know, these Gen Z, these young millennials are really looking for in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and, and obviously you might need a computer. How does the employer know that the freelancer is actually working? So that's uh, some of what, some of these models, they actually don't get paid until they actually take calls and work. So that, that's certainly one way. But um, typically when you're managing the workforce, um, the employers are going to need to build blocks of schedules that they allow for these employees to pick up as needed. Um, they're going to have to determine what the size of blocks are, whether they're 15-minute increments, one hour, two hour, whatever it may be. You know, larger blocks are going to be less efficient for high-changing staffing requirements where smaller blocks are going to offer more options to the employees. Um, you may also offer incentives around certain blocks to pick them up, but then it comes time to publish those blocks, and that's where you're really going to be able to see who has access to what inventory, who's working what shift, um, when they're able to um, choose the schedules and start building their schedules, and when that has to stop and kind of gets locked down. So um, the employees themselves are going to have to have good control and, and be able to publish that type of in inventory out to their employee base, whether they're, you know, regular full-time employees or there's something that's contractual and freelance, um, but have a mechanism to do that and then, of course, be able to request and release them as well. Um, so the business rules that they put in place as well as, you know, a good workforce management solution to make sure they understand who's working when and if they're managing their service levels is going to be critical. Wow. My head's spinning. I'm thinking, gosh, <laughs> if I wanted to hire – this is like it's overwhelming, which is probably why you go to instead of instead of going one to one company to freelancer, you find somebody in the middle to manage it for you. Correct. Yeah. I mean, at least provide the solutions that help you manage it. Um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of interest from organizations to hire these on demand agents. And, and it's because it gives them. Some, uh, the ability to use some less expensive workers to fill gaps in the workforce like we've talked about, um, also to avoid things like payroll taxes and benefits with part-time or gig workers. Um, gig employees, they manage the volume spikes. They offer a wide range of workers available at any given time, um, also faster onboarding, and inversely, gig workers make it easy to downsize in, in cases where seasonal volume drops off. Um, but also, finally, employers don't have to hire an entire FTE, and it enables easier access to really specialty workers that the business may require. So there's definitely some significant uh, benefits 
for organizations to use the on-demand agents, and we're definitely seeing a pickup in, in the, that demand. Great. So we're going to take a, a quick break again. And when we come back, you use the word onboarding. I mentioned it earlier. I want to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. how do you onboard the gigger? How do you onboard that freelancer to make sure that they're congruent with your culture, that they meet the needs, that they stand up to the quality that you're known for, that they don't erode the problems that you have? We're going to talk that, and we're going to talk about more than that when we come back on Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So, what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So, if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back talking with Chrissy Kowal, the Director for Workforce Optimization Product Management at Aspect. And we're going to talk a little bit about how you onboard and train that freelancer and the impact that they have on the company versus somebody that might be full-time. So let's start with onboarding and training. How does it start? Where do you go? How do you make sure that you give your your freelancers, your giggers, what they need to do the job that you need them to do and the job that you want them to do? Yeah, it's it's an interesting model because it's definitely going to change from what you're typically doing in any contact center. Um, it, it'll be more challenging, and it'll it'll probably be limited to doing online training typically. So being prepared to have um, the full robust training, something engaging that they can do online, um, you know, possibly with a trainer as well. Um, but be very flexible with how you train and when you train because, again, these gig, these gig workers are looking to work during the hours that work best for them. They may not always adhere to your schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and a, so, and it's, you know, the, they're also less tenured and less likely to learn, earn tenure because they, they don't have the same loyalty level as any employee, right? So they're not really bought into your business. They're here to pick up another gig. So that, that definitely could become very dangerous. So it's important to make them feel engaged, make sure that they're prepared to be successful in the job, but also provide motivation with access to more hours or even preferred times so that you keep them um, involved and engaged in your business. Yeah. And, but when you're going to train them, you mentioned online training. So I think I'm a huge proponent of online training. And I would imagine you say, hey, you're going to come and work for me. But before we do that, we need to, for lack of a better term, certify you in product knowledge. And by the way, you mentioned it. You may not use these giggers for the high end. This is my interpretation of what you said. Mm-hmm. You may not use them for the high end questions and support that you might get. But the basics where you know you're going to get these if you've been in business a while, you know the questions and the concerns and the complaints you're going to get from customers during these busy and higher volume times. So you could start to train people to manage these basics and get them to forward up to uh, a higher level or a higher tier support, anything that's that needs more work, that needs more expertise. So onboard training. You pay them, I guess, for the onboard training, the online training that they're going through? I would say yes. You're going to have to to keep them moving. (laughs) 
Nothing's free these days. <laughs> Nothing's free, but I also think it's the right thing to do. And it's like, hey, we're going to mm-hmm. train you, uh, and you know, maybe give them incentives. Say, hey, it, it's like, you know, uh, we're going to train you. We're going to give you a basic hourly rate for the training or a flat rate for the training. We know it takes three hours to go through. You're going to need to be certified. There's quiz questions. There's test questions. And then uh, maybe even there's an interview process uh, that's live one-on-one with a manager of some kind to make sure. And then uh, you move them and you let them be in the real world. And when they have success, well, then you give them bonus amount, some extra money for going through all that extra work that they did on the front end. I'm just talking out loud, but I'm just thinking, well, that's a good way of doing it. Um, so how do you track, uh, I know you talked a little bit about it, but uh, it, there's software programs that track, uh, when people are on the phone and you, it's not just so much, I, and I can say, Hey, you get paid when you take a call, but if I'm going to sit here and promise you that from seven o'clock at night till midnight, I'm going to be available. If it's slow, is that my fault or yours? I mean, I don't, I think I should be paid for my time while I'm sitting here, regardless of whether I'm on the phone or not. That's fair, and I think that this is where a workforce management tool becomes very critical because you want to ensure that your employees are not wasting their time because that, that's where you're going to see a whole lot of attrition in this mm-hmm. gig workforce if they're not being paid for their time. And that's one model that we've had a customer approach us with, by the way. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways to, to do this, um, but we're hearing that you know being paid for actually performing the work, making sure they show up, these are ways they're getting these contractor employees in the house, but you're absolutely right. If they're saying, well, from 7 p.m. till midnight, I'm all yours, but you can't give me work, that's not my fault. So being able to accurately forecast, understand your business, understand the fluctuations to ensure that your gig workers are truly busy and needed is critical, and that's where a workforce management product comes in. And by the way, if you make them feel needed and important, they'll do a better job. Mm -hmm. They'll be better engaged. And if they're bored and they're twiddling their thumbs and then one comes in and it's like, oh, okay, here comes one, uh, it's not going to be as strong. Very briefly, you mentioned while we were on the break that uh, there's a difference in impact between the gig worker and the full-time employee. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. Um, I mean, while there's there's lots of benefits I mentioned, there's definitely some downsides. Um, one is the unpredictable availability of the worker itself. Um, you know, you really can't control when the blocks that they are choosing or when they're available. Um, so it's, it's hard to predict who's going to be around for your work if you're really relying heavily on a gig model. Um, you know less about the worker skills. Uh, you may even have union rules that may prevent these types of fractional workers. So understanding that side of the business is important to know what you need. Um, workers are also less controllable by the employer itself. So we talked a little bit about loyalty. You know, they're not really looking for tenure. They're not looking for the long haul. They're looking for their next gig to keep them interested, keep them paid. Um, there's also no unpaid overtime in this model for a gig worker. So it could become a cost if you're not forecasting and scheduling these gig workers appropriately. Mm. Interesting. So, um, well, gosh, as we start to wind down, I always ask the one thing question. Is, there's, is there one thing that you want to emphasize that we've talked about or something different and new that you feel, gosh, your listeners have to know this? What would that one thing be? That's a tough one. Um, we've, we've definitely talked about a lot. I, I think the one thing is that I want to stress, and I, I mentioned it a few times, was just understanding how this type of model will fit into your world. Um, we're seeing an increased interest, uh, let's say, between like, around 51% based on a survey that Aspect did um, 
that the Gen Z, the young millennials really are looking for this type of employment. And it's not something that you can just flip a switch and move over to. So understanding your business and where this could potentially help you balance and provide better service uh, to your market, to your customers is critical. Having the right tools in place uh, to help you manage through it, because it's certainly not something you're able to manage through on the fly, is important, too. So um, before you kind of flip that switch or, or move over to it, definitely do some research. Understand your business. Understand your customers. Um, what types of you know, inquiries are coming in um, and how you can better service them. And, and using this gig model can really help you supplement that and provide a better service to your, your customers. Wow. Now, normally I end with that question, but you made me think of something. Could this, no, and I I just, you know what, too bad listeners, I, it's my show. I get to break the (laughs) rules if I want to break the rules, but no, I, I think to myself, this is uh, potentially these gig workers are a very cost effective way for a company to deliver a level of support. And in this day and age where we're moving to chat bots and we're moving to, you know, virtual, uh, interactive response systems that sometimes frustrate the customer, maybe uh, for a short term, and by the way, there are some amazing chatbot type software systems that are just so darn good. But until a company can afford to put their money and their effort into making that happen, maybe the gig economy is a place to get a reasonably priced, lower tiered support um, you know, method or person out there to manage that. And by the way, I'll also say that if somebody's really good, it's a great testing ground to bring them full-time. Now, I've, I've kind of gone two different directions, but how do you feel about that? You know, they say, you know, will chatbots replace the humans? I'm questioning whether human at this point should replace the chatbot until the chatbot gets better. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it, it's certainly a risk for those that are that want to be in the gig space that they could be replaced by things like self-service or robots or automation. But as, as you said, the temperature, the temperature for some of those technologies from the market is still pretty low. Um, you know, they still want that human interaction. And, you know, th- this gig economy gives some of these young workers more control over their, their careers. It gives them more exposure and experience, and they can build larger personal networks faster for them. So it's very appealing for that generation to, to work in this type of environment. And I, I think you're right that you'll be able to get some great talent to help provide great service to your customers um, to kind of h- hold on to that gap until the chatbots, the automation really improves and takes off a bit more. Yep. And I want to emphasize some of my clients that are in this business have amazing, amazing solutions in that world of chatbot, automation, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence. And some of them are a little bit more pricey, and some of them are not meant for the small, small business. So gig economy may be the place to go for what you're looking for. Chrissy Cowell, thanks so much for being on the show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. You are obviously an expert at what you do, and we appreciate your time and you sharing some great information. I appreciate it. Thanks, Chef, for having me. All right, everybody. That's another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And this is Chef Hike and reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.